looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, joined by my co-host, DJ. And this week's episode is pretty cool because we have one of our property managers that we've been working with for about a year, um, Allison Ragitz of AM Realty. Allison, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I, it was kind of funny. So we were on one of our uh, property management calls and we were DJ and we're just like, hey, would you like to come on the show? And you're like, well, I've actually listened to it before. I didn't even know you knew it existed. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so we, we've worked with you for just about a year on one of our assets and we'll get in and dig into all that here shortly. But real quick, if you could introduce yourself to our audience, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you really do in the business. Okay, so I am the founder and owner of a property management firm in Charlotte, North Carolina um, called AM Realty. And I've been doing property management for roughly 16 years now. It's really been my only business and job. So, you know, kind of once you're in this field, you either stick in it long term or you're out rather quickly. Um, and I'm, I'm also native to Charlotte, which is a rare find because this is a very transient city. Um, but early on in my career, when I was, um, you know, just in general real estate brokerage, I decided that, you know, this was where I wanted to be and uh, moving just wasn't in the best interest since Charlotte is, you know, such a happening spot. And I think that decision has served me well. Um, so here we are today, 16 years later, still doing property management and now working with y'all. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And I always say to DJ and anyone I speak with, you know, property management is one of the most difficult positions when it comes to real estate, because you you are running the ship, essentially, and you are the face of the business for the owner, but also you're that individual that um, transacts and, and coordinates with tenants as well. So it can be very difficult. You're wearing a lot of hats too, whether that's maintenance, leasing, um, mm -hmm. or just talking with residents all the time. And especially depending on what asset class you're in, if the, you know, luxury A class, probably a little bit easier, but you, you know, there's, there's different challenges there, but then if you maybe get into like lower class stuff, it's, it's very uh, labor intensive and we'll, we'll get into all of that. So you, you said you were a real estate broker, you're native to the Charlotte area, which is great for building lots of connections, building a foundation here, but what made you go from, you know, broker to property management company really? Well, that's, that is an easy answer because it was all relevant to the crash in 2007, 2008. So I was a young new broker. Uh, I think I got licensed in 2006 and, you know, that everything was hot and moving. And then out of nowhere, the bottom fell out and it just stunned, you know, the entire world and industry. So at the time, you know, I couldn't make a living just selling anything or um, especially being so new into real estate. I didn't have the contact base or, you know, so at that point I was like, hmm, I either need to get out of this industry altogether or pivot. And luckily pivot is what happened to me. Um, I started working with a gentleman who was also just a, a regular real estate broker. And um, he decided to help one of his clients um, buy a lot of investment properties. And that client then asked him to just go ahead and manage them for him. The problem was is that that, that broker didn't have any management, property management experience. So he comes to me and we were friends at the time and said, hey, what do you think about uh, kind of doing this together? And I said, why are you asking me? I don't have any property management experience either. But um, it was an interesting proposition because, you know, what else did I have going on at the time? So I said, sure, let's do it. So him not having a lot of experience and me having no experience in true property management made it so that I had to 
literally teach everything to myself. And a lot of it was trial by fire. A lot of it was long nights of internet searching, endless reading, researching, and then teaching myself the different softwares that were going to help me. For instance, we use Appfolio. And um, I mean, I've been with them since 2008 when we first got into it. And Appfolio, as people know, in the property management industry, it's, it's a great tool. But that product has always been constantly developing as well and making itself better. But at the beginning, I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to uh, properly, you know, even track certain things in Appfolio. And I remember vividly sitting at my coffee table one evening by myself and just crying because I thought I am never going to be able to figure this out. And then I thought to myself, but what choice do you have? <laughs> As a single woman at that time, I didn't have anyone else to rely on. And I just was like, all right, I need to figure this out and stop feeling sorry for myself. And so day by day, little by little, chipping away at all the different issues and problems, I started to learn property management. And so myself and the broker, uh, the other broker did this together for a while. And I, I don't tell many people this story, to be honest, but I think it's interesting to explain because it is part of my past and has formed who I am today. After myself and that friend broker of mine were doing business for about nine months in the property management industry together, he very suddenly passed away. And it was a shock to myself, to his family, to everybody at the time. And the, and the clients as well were all shocked. And so I was, you know, in the middle of summertime managing these properties with him and then my partner is all of a sudden gone so he was the broker in charge at that time and the real estate commission of north carolina lets you know that if your broker is deceased all operations also have to be ceased but on the property management and human side of things you have to think about there are two sides of the equation here to your point about you know, we're the middleman. I had tenants in the middle of July who had no air conditioning, no, you know, running water or toilets that were being clogged. And I had owners who wanted to get their money. And at the end of the day, the commission is saying, don't do it. Your broker's not here. So um, I very quickly found a, a, a savvy business attorney and we decided to write a letter to the commission immediately and tell them the challenges that we were facing and what happened. And so they responded very quickly and agreed that, you know, we could work in the best interest at that time to make sure the tenants, you know, habit habitability needs were being met. Um, all the while working towards a solution of finding a new broker. And so that's what we did. Um, and, and then, things just evolved from there. It was, you know, at that time, it was a big hurdle to overcome, but I had no choice but to move forward and continue to try and help both sides of, you know, the management business at that point. And so from then, I think at that time, there was only like 50 units that we were managing, but clearly being young in the industry and facing some, you know, challenges, um, it just... It just persisted and grew into, you know, uh, a now what I would say is thriving business because it's it's been my, you know, little just baby, for lack of a better word, for, for years. I have cultivated it into what it is today. And so I take it extremely seriously. But that was a very long-winded story of how I got no, into No, that's this. okay. That, that's I, what we, we want to hear. I wanna, yeah, I want to unpack that though, because for, for people that listen to this podcast, Dante and I have a desire to teach and mm -hmm. share these experiences. And Allison, you hit on a, a number of things in there. One is being self-taught. 
sounds like somebody else I know who's sitting next to me here, my my business partner, Dante. Yeah. Right? That's virtually how he's sitting did. next to you. Yeah. 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 He's virtually sitting next to me. Um, well, nobody sees us. So, uh, but beyond that, um, you also talked about overcoming. And I think anybody who wants to be a real estate investor is going to run into those obstacles where they have to overcome. Um, I was not aware of that story. We've known each other for a little over a year. Uh, really amazing in the obstacles that you've overcome. Um, I have a daughter. I love hearing stories about strong women and women that persevere. Uh, you and I have talked about that kind of off the air. Um yeah. But what a great role model for other women trying to be successful in this field. And I think that's really awesome. And the other thing is, again, the networking aspect. Uh, networking, it, you can't go at it alone in real estate. Yeah. It, it takes relationships. And our relationship started a little mm -hmm. over a year ago, right? 2021. Yeah. We, we weren't necessarily on the same side of the fence, were we? No, but that's also an interesting part of our story, um, you know, and how we're we're together today. Because, um, I mean, I don't I don't know if you would like for me to tell the story. Um, I'm happy to do it uh, from my perspective. Well, I'm curious to hear your perspective. Yeah, there, there it is. Yep, let's <laughs> from your perspective there. Okay, so I was managing a multifamily property um, in the Greater Charlotte area for another client of mine. And um, this, you know, this property was definitely add value property from day one. And in the time that I managed it for the other owner, we worked through some serious struggles with the property, trying to make strides in interior renovations, updating some exterior stuff. And at the same time, we inherited a tenant base that was, um, a challenge to say the least. And so we worked through a lot of great things and we got the property to um, a much stabler position. But I, I felt like I had worked so hard to get it where it was. And then my client told me he was going to be selling it, which is part of the industry. And I get it. And um, I explained to him, I would do everything I could to help with a um, you know smooth transition, whoever buys it. But I was still a little like, man, I, I hope I don't lose this, this property because even though it was challenging, um, I just wanted to see what the end result could be if I was able to finish out what I started. And I think there's also something to be said for that. Like, you know, most people want to finish, finish what they start. And to me, that was that property. I, I wanted nothing more than to see it succeed. And I felt like I was only halfway through the process. So you guys came into the picture as the new potential buyer. And I toured it with you. And it was a hot summer day, I'll remember. And I believe you guys do too. Yes, it and was. I, yep. <laughs> I showed you just, you know, I think it's important to never sugarcoat a property. You have to be willing to show a buyer and a seller, you know, what are the, the great aspects of the property, but what are the challenges and what are the things that this next buyer is going to have to overcome? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to butt in real quick. Cause you did a good job with that. I was actually, I told, I said this story to DJ, we were talking about it last week, just looking back, the first unit we saw was probably the worst unit in the entire community. It was the hoarder unit. And I, yeah. I just told DJ, I was just like, in my head, when we first opened the door, I was like, what did we just buy? Like, you know, it was, it was just, I mean, yeah. for anyone that's seen the property and seen pictures of the before and after this unit, you understand, yeah. but Allison, keep, keep going with the story there. You should totally put the property before and after photos in like the notes of this uh, podcast. But anyway, so yeah, we were touring. I actually purposely wanted to start with the worst unit because I felt like it could only get better from there. And then we could end on a high note because I knew some of the renovation work that had been done and how successful some of the new tenants were that I had placed. But I wanted you to see, all right, here's, here's where we still need to work on some major issues. And Here's where we've been able to take some of these properties. I wanted you to see the potential. And so you guys were very clear on 
you know, telling me, hey, we appreciate all of this knowledge and the tour, but we do have our own management company that's going to come into the equation here, which again is not a shock to me because that's also part of the business. I have transitioned many properties from other management companies into my my management. And I've also helped, you know, transition out to other managers. It's just part of it. So um, I have no personal feelings about it, except for I wish I had time to finish what I started with my other client um, or with you guys. So anyways, you, you did go with the new management company and they kind of picked up from there. And I thought, all right, see you later property. I'll check on you from time to time, but this is right. the end of our road together. Well, and then much to my surprise, I heard from you guys a few months later. Right. So, so you know, that goes to tell a little bit about, you know, you as a person where, you understand real expectations in the business. Properties come, properties go. They're going to yes. sell. You know, they're you know they're going to be purchased, and with that plays your role as well. And that was you know for us, we we you know had a relationship with the property manager. We thought they were going to do a very good job, and you know obviously we won't name names here, uh, but they did a very very poor job at running the asset immediately within uh, three months. I think we we ended up letting them go. We won't get into issues of really what they brought to the property, but yeah, and we, we hopped on the phone with that's you. That's another a, podcast. Dante. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, but you know, we just had a very open conversation with you, explained with you, you know, what was going on and uh, we're able to bring you back into the picture. Yeah. And to, to your credit though, on that point on to y'all's credit, you have to, you know, kind of pat yourselves on the back for not knowing, you know, much else, about the property at the time outside of just our tour and the financials and stuff. Um, but for recognizing that it was going downhill so quickly, um, I mean, there are other people who, you know, could just say, well, this is just uh, a growing pain of transition and they would give it more and more time. And then the more time that you, you know, let poor management fester, things just get worse and worse. So I think it's, you know, it's really speaks to y'all's credit that you were able to recognize it and say, okay, let's, let's see what we can do to make a change. And then you acted on it. So no, I agree. Uh, calling me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, again, gr great story, great kind of segue into, and DJ, I'll, I'll let you go next year because I know you got something, but you know, we made just to kind of set the stage when we took over the property due to the loan type, it was over 90% occupied because that was a requirement by the lender. It was 90% occupied. Collections were very good. Even the last month before we closed, collections were so good that the lender actually increased our LTV because of that, those collections. Then enter new property management company. I, I want to say, you know, the amount of delinquencies we had, we went down to low 60s high 50s of occupancy rate at one point and again wow. you know we'll we'll get into all that uh dj do you have something there no I, I think the well yes is the answer dante uh the um not the the point i was that was on my mind was not burning bridges mm -hmm. now I, I i don't know if i can necessarily say that with the outgoing property management company like we certainly tried to handle everything professionally but that got tense to say the least and like i said that that's a whole other with podcast. the other company not yourself correct with the outgoing company uh, you know we didn't know much about allison but when allison showed up you know the things i saw from her were that she was very comfortable operating in and around this asset even with unrenovated units and that that tenant base that was in there again we saw this uh, strong personality who made very good recommendations, uh, was willing to share them with us. And I do recall one thing that we had said to you, Allison, at the time was, um, I wasn't sure if there was going to be any sort of uh, negative feedback that maybe you got for losing the asset, um, you know, through this process. But one of the things I said is that we'd be willing to write you a letter and yeah. say that, you know, this doesn't have anything to do with a lack of performance if anybody ever questioned that. So just a suggestion for people out there and, you know, ways to not 
burn bridges with people who you're willing to do business with. Um, I'm not sure if that helped you at all uh, in how you felt about us and what we were trying to do. I, I definitely thought it was, you know, admirable. I appreciated it. Um, because again, I, I didn't take it personally and I don't look at it as a failure and I don't think, um, anybody else would either. I just looked at it as what it was and what it is. It was a transition of one ownership to another. And very commonly people have their own management companies. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it and it could help somebody for in the future. My thing is like, a good Google review goes further than anything else, you know, we could get. And so we do encourage happy tenants, happy owners, please leave us a good review because as everybody knows, you know, our reputation is everything and the internet speaks volumes. So, and people mostly like to complain. It, well, yes. that's the other thing in property management, you will naturally get or reviews sometimes because yeah. you're enforcing the rules and tenants don't like that and they'll go right. and complain online. I think that's that's a big thing and something hard to avoid in the property management business. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, shifting over to the operation side of things, what we really like about you, Allison, and your team, it's not just you, it's your team as well, is, mm -hmm. you know, every Monday morning that I wake up, I get to the office and I open my computer I've got the updated rent roll, T12, delinquency report, and any applications automatically e to emailed to me. You know, we've got access to the software. So anytime DJ and I are going over financials or need to pull something, we can log in. And what I like about that too is we don't have to bother you. Hey, Allison Key sent us this report. We can just get right in and get the information. And I think that's huge. Any property manager that doesn't have the information readily available, you know, I don't want to say it's a red flag, but something that uh, could be looked at differently. Um, yeah. you also have one of your workers send us a, uh, weekly update or a tracker report. And I love yep. this because essentially guys, what it is, is it's an Excel spreadsheet. And then each tab is each week and it has the rent roll with notes to the side, whether something's being, uh, renovated, whether it's being evicted, whether we have an application on it. I think that's great. And funny story with that, you know, DJ opened it up on his phone one time and it had <laughs> like 40% vacancy, a bunch of evictions. And DJ was like freaking out. He's like, did you see this? Like the property's literally crumbling. And I'm like, DJ, you're like, you're like eight months uh, on the wrong date, you know, because fast forward today. <laughs> on the wrong tab. <laughs> exactly. Because fast forward to today, you know, that community that we were evicting, you know, upwards of 40% of the tenant base, trash everywhere, weekly trash pickups, trash outs, renovations. We are now at 96% occupied. We have uh, one vacancy, zero delinquencies month over month over month which is yeah. huge. And uh, the investors that we have are reaping the benefits of that as well, which is huge. And again, yeah, we, we get just that. did our annual report yep. uh, to the investors. And if I recall the numbers correctly, our income since acquisition is up almost 60%. And I think the NOI is doubled. That's yep. awesome. Uh, yeah. And so that's... when, when, before I came back into the picture and the other management company had their brief, you know, moment with it, um, which click, you know, quickly kind of made all the numbers go down and made the property go down. Um, do you remember what the financials looked like at that time before I came back into the equation? You know, I'd, I'd have to pull it up while we're chatting here, which I can do, but it, so it wasn't Dante, pretty. while you do that, uh, <laughs> the, the, there was a decision point that we got to when Allison came back into the picture. Mm -hmm. And this also has to deal with good decision-making. Uh, I very much believe that uh, small teams of people with different areas of expertise are absolutely critical. And one of the things I love about Dante and I's partnership is uh, we have uh, some youthful energy, uh, some very intelligent, youthful energy, self-taught, um, really impressed with my business partner, Dante, and, and his knowledge of the industry and how he's leveraged uh, the amount of experience that he does have. Um, I bring this industrial uh, construction engineering perspective. And then we had Allison fill that gap with her property management expertise, expertise in the local area, expertise related to this tenant base. And it allowed us to, to team up and make this decision to rip the Band-Aid off. 
Um, and ripping the Band-Aid off basically had to do with making sure uh, we got some of these uh, non-paying tenants out. And that sounds kind of harsh, but we also try to help them. Um, and it, one of the things I've come to the conclusion of is sometimes it's good for these people to get out of like a hoarder unit and get a fresh start. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Allison, you helped us with that. And, you know, I think collectively we came to that decision. So just your thoughts when we made that decision and, and how that process went. Um, clearly we had many conversations that I wanted to make sure we all had realistic expectations because um, as everybody knows, you know, making a property successful is, it's a long, you know, race. It's not a short-term sprint and it can take time because there's so many aspects that you have to make sure you're constantly touching on to make a property successful. You know, yes, it's delinquencies, collections, renovations, maintenance, cost control, vendor management. And, you know, I just needed to make sure that if we were going to go back into this together, especially because we didn't know each other well, we just had the brief, you know, kind of meeting. Um, you know, I wanted to tell you that I knew I could turn this thing around. And I was, I think I believe I said to you, I was 100% confident. That I Many times, that. actually, <laughs> those words I, are still echoing in my head. Yeah. And but I but I was and I am because I knew I could finish the job that I started. And there's no real finish line, you know, in business or or management or investing. To me, the mark of finish line was just making sure that the property could be restored to its potential its glory. And then also, you know, give tenants a fresh start and, you know, bring in a new tenant base if needed to, while at the same time, trying to help you guys make money. Because, you know, clearly we, we all are doing this. And I mean, personally, I love my profession. Um, so it's not all just about money for me. And I know it's not for you guys either. It's about building relationships and, you know, so all those things we have to constantly work on. But as the management side of things, it's this really fine balance between your landlord client, such as yourselves, and then my tenant base. Because, you know, there are many clients that I have who feel like as a landlord or an owner that I work solely for them. And it's it is not that way. And so I try to really make sure everybody is under a clear understanding that I also represent the tenant because, you know, they have valuable rights and we have to make sure that we're doing right by them and protecting them. So it goes back kind of to that uh, first story I told you when I took over in the middle of July and had, uh, you know, in my early career and had tenants that had no air conditioning, but yet, I wasn't supposed to do anything about it. You know, there's a real human aspect to this business that you have to be able to listen to people, hear their concerns, and then do something about it. And that's both sides. You guys came to me with concerns and what can we do about this? So I tried to set the expectation. Here's the plan. We kind of all came up with a plan together, agreed on the plan, but the thing that has been, you know, the most successful part of our story together is that we've all kept our promises to each other and have tried to execute the plan that we originally set with each other best as we could. You know, things do come up along the way to which we discuss it and then we we move forward. You know, I think that that in itself is a huge part of having successful business relationships, not just in management, but in anything is to be honest and candid with whoever you're dealing with and just explain, even if it's not great news, you have to be able to tell the other party, this is what's going on and how can we find a solution? Because I, I know I've said this to you guys before. I preach it to my team. I say it to my other clients. I even say it to a lot of our tenants that there 
is a solution to literally every problem out there. There, even if it's not, you know, noticeable or visible at that very moment, you know, if you take a step back, there will be a solution. And so I try to remember that because this is not an easy industry to be in. And it's, um, you know, to Dante's point, I get a lot of phone calls on the front end, you know, of, you know, we're the first line of defense when something's going wrong in someone's home that they're living in. And it's typically um, a personal issue because let's face it, where we live is our safe place, right? Whether you're renting or owning, it doesn't matter. So, you know, I always have to try and think, okay, what is, what's the best thing that we could do or work towards a solution that's going to help our tenant, but also, you know, so the landlord is satisfied as well. And so it's this like balance that has just come over time, to be honest, and you have to really constantly realize it every single day and then be willing to brainstorm, you know, with other smart people such as you guys on how can we fix it and and my team here like, you know, my team is amazing. I've hand selected some extremely talented people, but I I've told you guys this from day one too. I'm really a loyal person. And so I I want to surround myself with people who are going to, you know, have same interests and be on my side. And I love diversity too. Don't get me wrong, but that's a part of being, you know, a well-rounded human being. But my point is I want to have long-term relationships so that I can continue to make people like yourselves successful and keep tenants happy and then have happy employees too. So that's the goal. And yeah. I believe you guys are happy with the management so far. It sounds like you are. So wouldn't have you on the call if we weren't, I'll be honest with you, you know, Thank but you. To, to answer your question from earlier. So the last full month that the previous property management company was on the property, the income was just North of 14,000. Um, and to the listeners, this is our, our smallest asset. So the numbers will sound a little bit smaller to reflect the unit count. And then the income was a little bit over 10, or excuse me, the expenses were a little bit over 10,000. So you're talking wow. only $4,000 of NOI. Fast yes. forward to, you know, today with, you know, our property and our, the last three months with some bonus income, and we'll talk about that in a second, 27,000, 23,000, 27,000 in income, and then the expenses, 8,000, 7,000, 8,000. So not only did the income almost double, but the expenses also went down. So that NOI spread is huge. And Allison, you know, one thing you did that we really appreciated a few months ago that was huge for this property was there was a tenant that moved out of the property and they were very delinquent. They owed us like $4,000 and you working with some agencies were able to get us that back rent from that resident. And that was kind of, it was twofold for both parties. One, we were able to get uh, and capture income that we thought was gone months ago. And yeah. two, that gave that resident an opportunity to clear up their balance and be able to get into other communities where the property managers were aware of that situation. And so not only did it help us, but it also helped the resident out. And we compensated you, I, I think, generously for that um, to, yes. to doing your job you know, wonderfully. And that's something that has made this asset very successful is something that we do. And I think this is a great tip for the listeners to take away is when you have a, a heavier value add property like this, that needs a lot of uh, work and love is, you know, we have weekly calls and we yep. go over the entire property. Um, we go over all the units, where are we at with renovations, delinquencies, yada, yada, yada. And now we've got to that point where the property is just about on autopilot on our end. Cause we've done a lot of the renovations. We only meet every other week. And sometimes those other every other week calls are, how are you doing? You know, what's going on in your yeah. life? Because the, you know, those updates that you send us weekly via email really explain the story. So that, you know, goes to show how well the property has improved. And we also just described that via income as well. So that's that's great. Yeah. Um, the I mean, the asset is definitely performing the way that I always envisioned that it could. And so 
you know, it's just so nice to see that it, that it is kind of on autopilot now, but I think a, a hugely important part of the success of it is, you know, we have to actually as managers and responsible landlords, make sure that we're visiting the properties that we are managing and owning um, as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, we had a, a very simple issue recently at that asset, um, you know, trying to decide about renewing a tenant, a good tenant, and they needed some, you know, some upgrades, they're a long-term tenant. And so um, before we can make that decision, it comes down to, well, what should we do? Because we need to kind of see what's going on with the unit. And rather than sending one of my team members, which I, I you know, I definitely do that from time to time, because I can't be everywhere all the time. I wanted to see it myself. I decided, okay, it's been a few, you know, weeks since I've been out there. I want to make sure things are still looking good. And I want to meet the tenant again personally and just thank him for his, his long-term residency and his, um, you know, his caseworker that we've worked closely with. So those kinds of like personal touches go a long way with the tenant and with you guys, because, you know, I go there, I see the asset. I have direct knowledge of what's going on. I think I sent you guys pictures that day so you could see it. And I gave you my thoughts and, you know, now we can, we know exactly what we need to do in the unit. So that's just a big part of it too. You know, we can look at these spreadsheets and reports that I send you all week long, but if we're not going and looking at the property, which is, you know, more my job than yours, um, then how do we know if, if everything's running the way that it is or should be. I mean, numbers don't lie, don't get me wrong. Um, the numbers you just spoke about clearly painted a picture, but just going to the asset is just such a big part of what we do that's important, especially on the property management side. And it's actually scary how many managers don't go visit their assets in a timely manner. I, I can't agree more. Um, and I think, through the transition phase of this property, uh, not only were you out there frequently, we were out there frequently. Um, the other element to this transition that was hugely important was our contractor. <clears throat> and yep. Dante and I have, have put together a system uh, that that we learned through you know our years in construction uh, where um, we can try to keep a contractor as happy as possible. Um, so clear communication, getting them paid quickly, but not paying them up front so they can run away with your money. Uh, right. And that that literally required us going to the site, writing checks, um, and doing inspections, staying on top of it. And quite honestly, it, you know, it's not all glitz and glam. Um, it, this that was kind of a labor of love to have this success story. Um, so, Allison, when you talk about knowing that you could turn it around that that sold us <clears throat> and was really important to our hiring you when you painted that vision for us but it also takes work these things don't just happen just by your property manager uh you know doing their piece you know for the the owner managers out there you got to do your piece too and there were even days where i was out there picking up garbage because i wanted to set the example for the tenants that were there yeah. that we care yeah. And, you know, fast forward about nine, 10 months into this thing, I'll, I'll never forget the day when I drove in there after picking up garbage week after week, managing contractors, hoarder units, turning this place around, Allison, all the work that you had done, Dante, everything that you had done. And I parked my car and in front of one of the buildings, uh, about three or four of the tenants had bought matching yellow flowers. And there was a matching yellow wreath that they had put flowers out on the patio. And yeah, I, I texted DJ nearly cried. Tears rolling down his I, face. I literally yeah. did. I'm like, you know, it, this is <laughs> awesome because they're not putting out garbage anymore. Right. They're putting out flowers, and I that was the moment for me. But it honestly makes what we do so worth it, right? When you can see, oh my gosh, this hard work has finally paid off, and we are, you know, in a great position right now. And you know, the reality of it is it could very easily go in the opposite direction. 
if we, you know, let that standard down. So that's why even as recently as, you know, a few, what, a few days ago, I guess, I, I went there, wanted to walk the place again, make sure everything looks good. And you, you just got to stay on top of it. You can't let your guard down. And I'm constantly, you know, at this point with with your asset, we're in a phase, I feel like where we're, we're just fine tuning, which is kind of where we should be, right? So now it's, okay, so how can we, how can we make sure our expenses can get lower and lower? Where can we tweak the income so the NOI gets higher? You know, I actually preach to my team too, you know, we send you guys lots of reports so that you're well-informed on a weekly basis we're not just sending you these reports. Um, I am looking at them as well myself every week and studying where our numbers are, where were they and where are they going? Because I see it as a direct reflection of our management if the numbers start going in the opposite direction. And so I don't want that to happen. So that's why we're constantly on top of it. Um, yeah, and but yeah, our, that was a great day. The flower day was a, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> and on, on our side of things, Allison, we, we syndicate. So we bring in a group of investors um, and we have a structure set up. And, you know, I've often said one of the things that I'm motivi motivated by is not letting other people down. Um, yeah. So, you know, integrity of relationships becomes important. You, you talked about the loyalty piece, um, you know, the the being able to be in front of the investors and show them the progress that's been made um that's the part that really uh satisfies me um not just turning the place around yeah but uh, you know trying to make everybody around you better right and we we made some promises and it's it's important to us that we take care of people's money Yep. Um, that, you know, we help grow that, right? Number one is don't lose it. Number two is grow it yep. uh, and grow it according to the plan. And, uh, you know, so certainly this this asset, Allison Heights and Concord uh, has been a, a pretty substantial success. And we look forward to duplicating this model and hopefully Allison finding some other assets where we can team up on. That's the goal. Did, it, did anyone catch that? Allison Heights, yeah. Allison. So, you know, I, I just, we haven't in. talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty, pretty cool. But Allison, something we didn't ask you in the beginning, and I apologize, we should have, how many units do you guys manage right now? And how many employees or staff members do you have at your company? Um, actually I just hired my ninth full-time employee who awesome. starts on the 1st of February. I'm very excited about her. Um, I have a dear long-term employee who's been with me now for about 15 years and wow. she, she's, you know, she's getting tired. She needs to um, start looking at some retirement and more time off. So she's going to stay on with the company and, uh, you know, just be in a much more relaxed role because, you know, it's every position here is stressful to a degree. And so we've decided the best thing for her right now is to just take a less stressful position but she means a lot to me and a lot to the company. So she still wants to, to stay around, which, which is awesome. But the other um, team members I have, you know, they all have these like amazing strong suits. And so I try to spend time with each one of them as much as I can um, to cultivate all of the great assets that they have and really try to bring that out of them and um, encourage their confidence in what they're doing because that just grows over time. Um, but to answer your question about the unit count, so we have just a little over 1100 right now awesome. and are actively always in growth mode in my opinion, because I mean, there was a time earlier in my career where I said, I, I vividly said this to myself, that I never really wanted to get above 500 units because then it just would, you know, more doors asks for more problems. And then once I got to that point, I said, well, this isn't so bad. I guess I could do this. And I think I should just see what else is out there and, you know, things come into your lap. And so um, and other relationships happen and then you meet more people. And so I've taken on more and more and I told myself I'd never get above a thousand units. And now Whoops. we are about that. And, <laughs> well, and that's so the crazy thing. So you have over 1,100 units, but mm -hmm. 
But if we'll yeah. say, okay, what about uh, unit 98E? And you'll be like, yeah. oh, that's that's Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. And, yes. da, da, da. and you'll know them, which is uh, just goes to show how well you, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, you probably can't say that about all your properties, but it goes to show, you know, over 1,100 units, that's how well you know this property. Well, we, I mean, I do try. And the weird thing about memory in real estate, especially, or at least my memory, is um, I will not remember what I ate for dinner last night, but I will remember what tenant is doing in, you know, 98G and how long he's been there. So it's, I don't know, it's weird like that, you know, I've just been doing it a long time. And so, but I do try to make relationships with these people because like I said, the more, the more we can kind of bring a human aspect into it, I think they trust us more, you know, they don't look at us as just a corporate landlord, which is, you know, kind of a scary thing. If you look at what's happening in the media, um, at this current point, you know, there's a lot of distressed tenants who are unhappy with their um, management, unhappy with their landlord ownership. And so, I mean, I really do try hard to make sure these tenants know that they have a voice. It's not just about the landlord making money and we do actively want to take care of you. Um, so that's huge. But let me segue real quick into something I do think is important to know about scaling the growth of my business and how I was able to take on more units. And if you were to come to me tomorrow and said, hey, could you take on another 200 units? I would say yes, because what we've done as I've, as I've grown is figured out you know, ways to leverage and delegate you know, vitally important aspects of the business. So we are property managers but we are money managers, um, which is a huge aspect to it. And so very early on, I, uh, I knew the money management piece of it. You know, I am not an accountant by trade and I'd rather be talking to the tenants and talking to the clients than pushing numbers all day. So I knew I had to put some people into the role that could really help grow that aspect. And um, one is that long-term employee I told you about a moment ago, but the other aspect is a company that I work hand in hand with called APM Help. And they are a property management um, accounting bookkeeping firm. And that's all they do only for property managers. And so they're able to help us scale and grow because they take so much of the worry, the headache, and the money management piece of it off of my shoulders. And I mean, there I've been with them now, we've been working together for probably five years, I think. And, you know, again, back to like loyalty and relationships, they've helped me be able to grow. I know 100%, if you were to say to me, hey, I wanna see the reconciliation for X month, or I wanna see you know, exactly where we stand at this moment today, I can hand it over to you within five minutes because everything is buttoned up to a T. I mean, we reconcile our books literally down to a daily basis. I mean, that's how good they are. And so they make me look good. So you guys, you know, are always, wow, you know, they get us these reports and they, this, everything is really on track. And a lot of that is because of the team I have local on the ground, but that kind of offsite piece of it is something I think that a lot of management companies don't incorporate because yeah, it's expensive, but you know, if you're getting a, a amazing service, then, you know, the cost is really secondary because we've been able to grow and all that with their help. So a lot of people don't even understand that it's not all me and my team. There's lots of moving parts to making sure that we can make you guys successful. So. Yeah, I, I love how you uh, coupled property management with money management because uh, oh, yeah. that's that's certainly true. I mean, everything that that we do, that you do, it is. I mean, these are businesses; these are entities that we're setting up. There's business transactions, um, and uh, if if you don't understand your financial roadmap or be able yep. to look back at your history. You can't make those decisions that we all collectively made. Um, huge, huge point there. I think that's uh, and and what a great uh, tidbit for anybody who's listening, who's uh, doing property management and wants to grow, and how you've done that. 
uh, yeah. that right there is worth the whole podcast. Well, and it's funny because I learned about APM through another property management podcast that I was listening to, you know, five years ago. Um, you know, the, the thing about, I guess, any industry, but especially what, what we do is I am, you know, always looking to learn better ways of doing something. And even when I bring in a new team member to hire on my direct team, I tell them from day one, if you see a way that we're doing something and you have experience from your previous jobs of doing it better, please tell me, Let, let's, you know, let's incorporate these new ways of doing things. Um, I'm always all ears to that. And I, I'm not like the end all be all of it's my way or the highway. We have to be open, you know, to like, encouraging each other, finding new ways. You, DJ, have been, and I've told you this, amazingly helpful at the vendor management piece of things. So much so that I've, you know, asked you for some advice and tidbits on how I can be more successful in that part of the job because, you know, we are constantly cultivating those vendor relationships too. So you and I have talked like extensively about how to manage that, you know, in an effective manner. But yeah, there's so many pieces, you know, like we, the, the money, the, the, the vendor management, the tenant management, but it is nice because we've, we've come a long way together. So I feel it, like a, to the, to the name sport. of your company, yeah, it's definitely a team effort, but your company name, you know, is Victory Capital Group this has been a victory. <laughs> this has been a victory in my opinion. And, and I hope that we can do, you know, more, um, more deals together and kind of grow together because I wasn't lying. You come to me tomorrow and tell me you got two and more units. I'll take it. <laughs> we know you will. We know you will. I love it. Well, Allison, we're, we're approaching just about the hour mark, which is fine because we've had a phenomenal conversation. And I think the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. Um, on behalf of DJ and myself, we want to thank you for everything you do for us. And also thank, thank you, you for carving some time out of your busy day to, to come on the show. If the listeners want to connect with you or they have property they want to manage in, in you know, the Charlotte greater region, where can they get in contact with you? They can find our website, amcharlotte.com. And there's a lot of important information on our website about the services we offer. Um, there is a direct link to me on that website, but um, you can find me uh, at Allison Raggett's on Instagram. Uh, also, my email is just allison at amcharlotte.com. So awesome. Very good. Well, thank you again, Allison, so much. We really appreciated you uh, coming on. All right. Thanks so much for the time. And it, it was fun. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.